0: all the while with continuous encouragement to stay the course and live with discipline. This is a place where we're striving to steward our bodies well in order to joyfully serve. I am so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hey there beautiful people. How's it going? As I bring this podcast to you. I cannot believe we are almost wrapping up July. I know we still have some time. So I hope like get us out of the month before we've fully been able to enjoy it. But crazy because this month makes it halfway through the year. So although I do not dedicate a whole podcast episode to revisiting goals or anything like that, I would encourage you to take this time to kind of assess where you're at with... Those goals you might have set or those things that you set out that you wanted to do this year, this is about the halfway through the year point. So um, as I said that, I'm second guessing it. So let me count January, February, March, April, May, June, July. OK, <laughs> technically, I guess that was the end of June. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. I think I'm a month off. Apparently, I need to assess where I'm at because I'm a month behind. But either way, it's always good. I think there's so much emphasis on starting the year and having these you know, intense goals and all these things. And then they can fizzle out. Actually, that's pretty on topic with what we're going for today, which is about staying the course. So maybe pop back. I talked about that, I think back in March was the last time I talked about that. Revisiting those goals and seeing what still applies, what needs tweaking. You know, make sure you have something you're shooting for here, not just in health and fitness, but in general. What do you want to learn before the year's over? What do you want to get better at? You know, just fun things to make sure you're not st- being stagnant. Okay, we want to keep moving forward. Now, Perfect segue. Look at that. It's almost like I planned it by by being a month off. I brought us perfectly onto the topic of five tips for staying the course. Okay, being healthy is hard. Pursuing health is hard. It's very. There's a lot of low hanging fruit around. Hey, it's just easy to watch a movie. It's just easy to grab processed food. It's just easy. There's a lot of things that are a lot more easy and convenient than getting in workouts, then purchasing, planning for, and cooking healthy food. And as humans, we want to do the easiest thing. We want to default to what's comfortable, what's easy, and it's not what's best for us. Okay. So, and like, there's a lot you could say about that. I would even argue, you know, some of these things seem easier at the time, but it's not easy to be a hundred pounds overweight. It's not easy to have a really difficult time moving around, walking upstairs. Like, there's a lot of things that on the other end of the spectrum are not easy. If you looked at it like that, it's a lot easier to just get in a 20 minute workout every day. Okay. So putting things into perspective here, but it's true that it's, we get tired. We hit a wall. We think like, why can't I just do what I want to (laughs) do? I'm like this. There's a Justin Moore song that, oh, what is, how does it go? Tonight? I kind of don't care is basically the gist of it. Um, I can't remember the title, but it's basically about like how he's been so good all week and how he just wants to mix a little Crown in his Coke and have a little smoke. And I'm like, yeah, that's, (laughs) no, I do not. I don't even drink Crown and Coke and I don't smoke. But you know, that vibe of like, I've been so good all week and now I just want to say whatever. I've been so good for weeks or months and like, I'm just sick of it. We got to stay the course, which is why, uh, shameless plug for my own style of You know, If you guys have been here all the time, you've heard this, but if you're newer, I always promote an 80-20 lifestyle. 80% whole clean foods, 20% treats, because it is just more sustainable. It's easier to stay the course when you're living balanced all the time. So if Justin Moore just mixed a little crown in his Coke on a Wednesday night, he'd probably do okay by the time he got to the weekend. He wouldn't feel like you need to cut loose so much. You know what I mean? All right. Number one, This is the number one tip. Actually, I didn't rank them in that kind of order, but this absolutely is. This could be the only tip and I could turn off the mic and be done, but I'll still probably talk for another 20 minutes. But here it is. Number one is to have a zero option mentality. The person that talks about this, this is not my idea, is Andy Frisella and he's highly motivating, but highly vulgar. So I never say his name. I always say the one podcaster that I have listened to before, I think he's the first podcast I honestly ever listened to in my life is in like 2015. And he had an entrepreneurial podcast. I just found it very motivating. I like his tell it like it is manner because that resonates with me. And that's how I honestly want it to be. And I think I skirted around things a lot more when I first had a podcast. And now I just also don't care. So <laughs> I was like, you know, I think I try to tiptoe too much. And if people, you know, the people will be here who want to be here. And probably a lot of you appreciate a tell it like it is as well. Cause that's what I liked about his podcast. So, anyways, he talks about all the time zero options mentality, where like people are like, Andy, I can't believe you, you know, get up early and do a workout. He's like, what do you mean? Like, you can't believe it. Like, I don't have an option. I just, you just do it. And I think a lot of successful people who have, who are really disciplined and who have accomplished a lot of things in the way of like, they set goals and they crush them. They usually have this attitude and live this lifestyle, this approach, like Jocko Willink's another one. I love his podcast, his books. I'm like, he'll share openly that he gets up almost every day at 4.30 a.m. It ranges, but no matter where he is in the world, like that's his thing. He gets up, he does his workout, he does whatever he does in the morning. But people be like, Jacko, how do you do that? Like, what do you mean? I just do it. You know? So this, I was just sharing with a friend recently who also listens to this podcast. So shout out to you if you're listening. We're talking about, you know, during pregnancy, she's like, Brittany, like how do you feel motivated was the way she... Worded it. She used the word motivate. I don't know if she used the word feel, but it was something about like how do you, how are you motivated to work out while pregnant? Because that's something I've never been able to do before. Like to be honest, I don't worry about feeling motivated. Like it sounds stupid. It sounds a little bit actually like stuck up, but I don't mean it that way. It's just I truly do not see another option. And you, that's how you have to act. Like if you give yourself a backup plan, you're going to take it in pretty much anything. If you're like, I I need to run twelve miles today. But if I can't, I can always call so-and-so to pick me up. Like, don't plan for it. Just set your mind that you need to do it. And you'll figure out a way to do it. Then obviously, if something crazy happens and like, because you're like, Brittany, what if I break my ankle? Right. Right. Then you figure it out and you'll figure it out at that point, right? But in general, we have so many outs and so many, well, I could do this. Or we like bargain with ourselves and barter with ourselves. That just causes more decision fatigue. Like, oh, well, if I don't do my workout in the morning, I could do it later. No, you're going to do, you plan to do your workout at 6 a.m. So set your alarm, get up when it goes off. I'm sure you feel tired. I never want to wake up to my alarm when it goes off. Probably never, ever, ever, ever in a day have I been like, yay. Like I do like the quiet. I do like getting up for that. But I'm never pumped to get out of bed <laughs> the alarm goes off. So just this tip of having a zero options mentality will take you so far. Apply this to every other area. I don't feel like p- praying right now. It's irrelevant. How you feel is irrelevant. Like you need to pray. So pray. You need to prepare dinner for your kids and your family. Prepare dinner. Like Zero options. And and that would eradicate so many bad behaviors too. Like if you are like, well, then I actually would have just door something or I would have had my husband pick up takeout. Okay, fine. Like you have a really bad day and you're like, I'm going to ask my husband to pick up whatever. Some people do that. Some people say it's fine. I think the intention there and the context matters. Like if you guys planned for it, you're you've worked in the budget, you're all right with having a night out, like cool. Or you're really like, this is a once in a blue moon. You're at your wit's end kind of day. You're potty training. You have a newborn, like whatever. You call your husband, ask him to do fast food. Otherwise, if it's always in the back of your mind, you're never going to get your stuff together. You're going to be a hot mess all the time. So it's like, oh, I didn't get dinner together today. So we'll just do like zero options. Don't have a bag of plan. Just make it happen. Okay. Number two, it is... <laughs> I couldn't decide what I was say there. In the tips for staying the course is to surround yourself with good influences. Okay. I chatted about this a little bit in the episode recently about how to be the healthy friend if you don't have a lot of healthy friends or what to do about that and that whole scenario. And I delved into this a little bit. Books, friends, podcasts, like surround yourself with motivating people. Like I just mentioned, Andy, and I said, obviously, I don't recommend him because he's like so vulgar and things like that that everybody would send me emails being like, I can't believe you listen to him, Brittany. Yes, okay, off and on. I didn't for years. I did in 2015, then I didn't for years, and actually recently I did again. I was like, oh, you're still great, but you also are still very vulgar. But you know, books are huge. I talk about that a lot. Like if this is why I personally try to have different books in my rotation at all times. Like I usually have a book on either marriage or kids. That's usually either marriage or parenting, something like that. And then um something on finances is usually in the rotation. Something on business might be marketing, might be, I don't know, sales, something like that. And then uh, some kind of nonfiction I'm interested in or fiction like a memoir. I really like cooking memoirs actually to be specific. I do like historical fiction too, but it's been a while since I've gotten back into that. I think my brain does not want to work that hard when I'm reading now. But um, did I even say a health book? No, I didn't. But that's usually in there. It's like some kind of, for me in the beginning, it was more like a, not a how-to book, but more knowledge-based. Like I wanted to read about nutrition and working out and workout styles. So I read books like intuitive eating or like um, the flexible fat loss diet or something that's one all about macros, like those kinds of things I was seeking knowledge. Whereas now I read more things like inspiring people and inspiring stories. But that's a really great way to stay motivated. The whole reason I ran my 50 mile marathon last summer was because when I was pregnant with my third, I read two of Ross Edgley's books, With thank you, which thank you so much because a good friend and member of the Chasing Greatness group suggested his books to me. And um she suggested The Art of Resilience. But then I went when I looked him up and saw that he also had written the world's fittest book. That was his first book. So I read that. And then I read The Art of Resilience. They're both great. And I read them both while I was pregnant and was like, Yep, I gotta do something hard. <laughs> like right after this baby comes out, we're doing something hard. Which is not what I did because I recover and I do things safely. But then about a year later, yes, I ran the fifty. So Keep things like that in your rotation. You know, what is on our mind is what we think about. It influences the way we act in our decisions. And it's true when I'm reading a parenting book, all of a sudden, instead of being like, now my kids are going to want me to play with them for the 900th time today. I'm like, oh, what are you constructing with those Legos? You know, how'd you think of that? Like, that's really cool. Can you show me what it does? Or I'm not so vocal. I might just be sitting there observing them. But I'm more aware of what I'm doing parenting. I'm more aware of them, their developmental phases, and how fleeting everything is. If it's a like sentimental mom book, like, oh man, like in my head, like they only have 18 years with me. Like I'm already five years in, (laughs) you know, that whole thing. So what we surround ourselves with is then what's on our minds. Okay. Number three. Woo. I have been keeping these episodes short and sweet lately. So hopefully you're liking it. I just feel like it's a good vibe for summer. Uh, Number three is to keep visible goals around. So if you have goals, that's awesome. The more specific, the better. But if you don't have any reminders of them, don't have any... You know they're just in your journal, and you never really look at your journal. Then that's going to be a problem. So find a way to fix that. Maybe they are in your journal, and every single day you look at your goals before you start your day. I used to do that with. I've talked about this a couple times on the podcast. I wrote in the front of my journal years ago a little list for myself that said like yes and on one side and no on the other side, and I wrote like. I think I did it the other way around. No, and then yes. So it was like no to constant cleaning my house. Yes to playing with my kids. Cause that was a struggle of mine at the time, was like always cleaning up after them. I didn't have any designated times. And then I wouldn't play. I would just clean all day. And then like no to constant productivity. Yes to recreation. All those kinds of things. And then I liked the list so much that I cut it out and I glued it to the front of whatever my current journal is. So every single day. I look at that. After I do my prayers, I look at that list so I can think about what my priorities are for that day and how I want my life to look and how I want to live. So same thing here with, if you have different physical health, any kind of health related goals, you know, put them somewhere, put them on a post-it, put it where you're going to see it every day, put it as your phone wallpaper, you know, could be something like very straightforward, like eat more vegetables, eat five servings of vegetables day. then you have to see it. Or maybe you make yourself a chart. Maybe you're training for something. I did this last year with the 50, like made a chart of my mileage so that I could cross it off each week or just be mindful of it. It was like, oh man, I'm not going to eat a brownie Sunday tonight because I have to run 20 miles in two days. Like I don't want to feel that rolling around. So it helps drive the rest of our actions to see the big picture places. Okay, number four, this one, okay, the tip I'll get out first and tell you where I got this one from. Pair your healthy habits with other things you're already doing or enjoy doing. So this can be really effective when you're trying to establish new habits. This came from Gretchen Rubin, who is like an expert in habits. I've mentioned her books before. And uh, she talked about, you know, if you're trying to establish a habit, go with something you're already doing. I, I teach my ladies this in the eight-week challenge when we need to input our food, for at least the first couple of weeks so I can see what they're eating. And I'll say, I know it's new to you. You've not logged your food before. It's not going to be an established habit. So try to pair it with something you're already doing. Like when you brush your teeth at night, then plug it in for the next day. Or every night when you make dinner, go ahead and plug in the next day. Or every day when you eat breakfast, go ahead and log the rest of your day coming up. Whatever something you're already doing. I think this also can work for those of us who already have established habits to help us stay motivated and stay basically staying the course. So for me, this is like, um, I don't do this often because I'm typically recording a lot of my workouts and things, but I used to let myself like the only time I could watch a show, I was really into great British baking show many seasons ago. <laughs> and again, I think extra weird, but I haven't watched it in a while. Um, But I used to watch Great British Baking Show, ironically, while I exercised. Yes, it's like watching the Food Network at the gym. That's what I would do. But I would only let myself watch it then. So it's like, okay, well, if I want to watch it, then I better get on the treadmill, get some walking in and things like that. Um, You could do this with anything else, you know, just pair something that is healthy and is going to move you in a good direction with something that you are already doing. Like if you're going grocery shopping, like parking far away and things like that. Okay. Lastly, tell somebody about your goals. There's a lot of research to show that if we have accountability to someone else, if we've said it out loud, it's going to cause us to feel responsible and feel that we need to be held accountable to whatever we've said. I found this myself because last year I was terrified to tell you guys that I was training for the 50. And I kept using the excuse of like, well, it's just because if I get pregnant, then I don't want to have to say like I was training for it. No, I'm not. No, I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to have to commit to actually running it. I wanted to kind of test out the training and then see how I felt and... Then if I panicked, you know, a couple months before, no harm, no foul, because the only person that knew about it was my husband. But I had to get away from that. I had to tell y'all and I had to hold myself accountable. And it really is important. So no, you might not have a whole little network of friends you can chat about it with like I did. And thank you all for being my accountability. But could you tell your spouse? Could you tell a friend? Maybe you have like a workout group. Maybe you're in our Chasing Greatness group or in the beginning of the year, we shared with each other our goals you know, those kinds of things. Do you have a friend that you can just talk about these things with and say like, hey, I'm really going to try to hit 20 workouts this week or this week, this month. You know, would you kind of like check in with me or hold me accountable to that? Or can I like let you know how it's going? And again, probably a spouse or a close friend or a sibling or something is going to be more than happy to do that for you. And a lot of times we don't even need that actual external accountability. Sometimes we just need to have said it and to know that somebody knows rather than even the checking in as much. And you can always work with somebody too. You know, I will do coaching calls with ladies. You can always sign up for one on my website. It's under the work with me. It's all the way at the bottom of the page. And we'll do a Zoom call or sometimes we just do it via email, but get out what we need to get out. And then it's somebody to check back in with. I'll check back in with them like, hey, how's this month going? Did you hit those goals we talked about last month? You know, To have somebody that you're kind of reporting back to can be really helpful. All right, so that's the list. Those are the five ways to help stay the course. These have all helped me out from time to time. And we all need that. We're nobody is exempt from that. If you think that you're the only one that goes through this, you're incorrect. And a lot of times I think we think that about people. Like, oh, well, they're, you know, a fitness professional. Like, they never get sick of working out. Or, well, this person really likes eating healthy. No, I'm sure other people that you know get tired of it. I can attest for myself, yes. I go through ruts, I go through hard times, just like everybody else. So test these out. I hope some of them work for you and help you out. And next episode, let's see what we're talking about. We are going to talk about you are in control of more than you think you are. That's going to be a really good one. I'm excited for that. So make sure you tune in and until then, have